Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm the Gen Suigo. And, and I'm David with my burning feet of fire. <laughs> and uh, yes, we have a special guest. I am a semi-special guest on uh, today's Robots in Disguise episode. He's, he's fairly special. He's reasonably special. I mean, uh, I mean who could it be? You guessed it, Frank Stallone. <laughs> Who could it be now? I would never have guessed Frank Stallone. We gave our hearts, we gave it all. Flame in the fire burns forevermore. To sorrow in believing. I should have looked up counter songs to play. Grace by his climbing, wrapped around our youth. Peace in our lives. The one song that's been stuck in my head recently that has words is mostly Japanese. Think of them all. Home of the brave. We'll never fall. Strength of our nation. Belongs to us. Are you going to sing the whole song? Damn, yes, he will. Listen, I. (laughs) Goodness, that is that is the that is the ending theme from. Uh, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, and just listening to that song has made me want to travel back in time and vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> no. No. I mean, Mega he did no. give us our culture as we know it as a generation, so, eh. Thanks, TV deregulation. <laughs> anyway, so uh, don't weird. look up anything else about Frank Stallone. Um, he's a crazy person. Yeah. But uh, you you may be familiar with his brother. Might have heard of him. Uh, that is, of course, uh, Philadelphia legend, uh, Sylvester Stallone, and Frank often ends up doing stuff in his movies. Uh, he's like an actor, singer. He, he he does the theme to Rambo 2. I believe he also does the theme to Staying Alive. So he's like, the, the, he's like the Ted Raimi. Yeah, the Ted Raimi, the the, the Joe Estevez. <laughs> no, Joe Estevez is a way down. Like, Ted Raimi's at least, like, he's directed at least one movie on his own. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's, done he's more in the Joe Estevez zone. Frank Stallone. <laughs> Joe, Joe Estevez is, 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 like, near the bottom. Uh, where, where are we at with uh, Clint Howard? Oh, Clint Howard is... Might have had a better career than Ron Howard, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. Ron Howard's been nominated for an Oscar. Eh, okay, I guess Ron Howard's directed some really good movies. Yeah, yes. Ron Howard. Ron Howard's had a more diverse and long-lasting career. Ron Howard I mean, I is know. very well regarded as, yes. you know, a, and he, a director. And he's the narrator of Arrested Development. Oh, right, he was the narrator of Arrested Development. I forgot about narrator that. Narrator voice. Ron yeah. Howard actually had the better career. Yes. Yeah, okay. I gave you that one. Anyway, uh, Frank, Frank's will possibly best known now is a Norm Macdonald running gag on SNL. <laughs> I see. Okay. Norm Macdonald is still on SNL? Well, not anymore. But oh. like he, like they would, he'd always say, you know, the, uh, you know, you know, unemployment figures are down. The cause of that, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. Picture of Frank Stallone comes up. Oh, okay. <laughs> always the same picture of Frank Stallone. Why? Anyway, yeah, Frank Stallone in this episode, insanely enough. Yes. Yeah, how and why, we don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, they, they asked for, like, a, an Italian-American guy to uh, audition, and it was probably Frank Stallone and, like, 
three guys from The Sopranos? Yeah, th- I get the feeling like like everybody on The Sopranos, they asked past on it, so they ended up with Frank Stallone. I mean, I yeah. feel like you could have gotten someone like, I don't know, Jim Cummings to just do this kind of voice for you. Well, that's true. Although it, Jim Cummings will later voice his enemy. Hmm. That's so fair, you, but I, still. It would be difficult to have him as the same guy. Oh, no, I, you can't. I, not catch. everybody is Scott McNeil. <laughs> I was going to say, can't possibly have voice actors playing characters opposing each other. It's at, absolutely at, unheard of in Transformers. <laughs> and as much as I like Jim Cummings, there is a certain Jim Cummings-ness to all of his voices. That's true. That's fair. Oh, bother. But uh, I, I suspect this may have been a Joe Pantoliano didn't return our calls. <laughs> oh, mm. It does kind of make me wonder if this is just one of those things that he's doing because it seemed like fun or he had kids in the right age range or if oh, they yeah. actually uh, like mm. had that kind of voice actor budget. Don't have kids. Well, you know, his, I mean, his uh, his brother had great success with Robot in Rocky 3. So he thought, <laughs> sorry, Rocky 4. Yeah. The one with the Vince DiCola soundtrack. The one with the Vince DiCola soundtrack. And I think there's some Stan Bush in there, too. Yes. Yes. Yes, there is. Those guys were like a package deal in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this first aired April 25th, 2015, uh, written by Michael Ryan, who previously wrote several episodes of Animated, hmm. uh, including uh, Auto Boot Camp, uh, both Headmaster episodes, and Decepticon Air. Oh! <gasps> Ooh, your oh. favorite. Yes. I mean, a good episode, but also your favorite. Yes, and he has written a ton. Like, he uh, did a lot of uh, that uh, most recent, or wait, which of the last Cell animated Ninja Turtle show? Oh, uh, oh. 2012 is just how I see it annotated. Yeah. Right. They don't no, oh, no, the one the, before that. The, the Fox one before Kids that. One? Yes, the Fox Kid Kids one. Ah, okay. With uh, the one that had uh, Dean Ventures, Leonardo. That just, I, like, all I really, I, I never really watched much of any of them since the original ones, but that one, I primarily know what of as the one who not only gets you Usagi, it also gets you his friend Jen, or Gen, <laughs> or however it is pronounced, but his rhino buddy. Mm. So as someone who actually reads Usagi Yojimbo... I was very happy to see, like, the extended cast show up. And he's, he's done a bunch of episodes of that new Scooby-Doo show where there's, like, a celebrity guest star in every episode. <laughs> Again? Oh, the, wait, is it the last one or are there a Yes, it is like a 70s style. Uh, it's a Scooby-Doo and guess who? Oh, that's okay. wild. Oh, I heard so I that. wonder if in 10 years... That's going to be how all the, like, seeing that in reruns is going to be how children learn about the culture from 10 years ago. Like, how 90% of what I know about the 70s comes from watching <laughs> <All right. laughs> Scooby-Doo crossovers. Celebrities include Steve Buscemi as himself. Oh, wow. Mm. I mean, they, they Jeff have Jeff Dunham as himself. Yeah. Ricky Gervais, Whoopi Goldberg, Ooh. Halsey, Malcolm McDowell. Bill Nye, Penn and Teller. I don't know what you're paying Teller for. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he grunts. I think it's a package deal. Christian Slater, George Takei. Oh my. Jaleel White as Steve Urkel. 
I feel like these are maybe less relevant to the time they're being produced as like Phyllis Diller was, and the, <laughs> but, but maybe or Don Knotts. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe th- that's some just of these people are still famous. Me mm. not getting the chronology correct uh, for the 60s and 70s. And apparently, Ian James Corlett, uh, ah. the voice of Cheetor, as Sherlock Holmes. Ooh, that's pretty cool. And John DiMaggio as the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh my god, I kind of want to watch that now. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, I think he he started. It looks like he started out with uh, the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. Ooh. Oh. A show that I watched a lot of, even though it was not very good. I was going to say, there's a forgettable series. That wasn't the CG one, Wait, right? That was the CG one. Yeah, the oh, CG that one was is, the CG no. one. Ooh. Not really. Ooh. Uh, it, it was not good, but it did have one great recurring villain. Mm, who is that? Oh, uh, that was uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Rage? Rage, who was like an insane... And the Book of Rage. Right, he was like an insane uh, ex-CIA agent in like a Dawn of the Dead costume, in like a Day of the Dead costume. That yeah. rings a lot of bells. I don't and know he was voiced by just... Michael Bella, so he just sounded like an insane prowl. Yes! <laughs> oh, and di- didn't the book it turn out to be like but, a phone uh, anyway, book this... or something ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that show wasn't good, but he was like a really good character stuck in that show. <laughs> Yeah, he, he kept talking about like how th- he was like a like a deranged prof, and he talked yeah. about how things were written in the Book of Rage. But it was actually like a, a family, like a photo album oh. of his dead family. Oh, oh wow. that's even sadder. That's oh. hardcore, man. Yeah. It, it was. Hardcore. He was one of two recurring villains. The other one being uh, like Frank Welker as an evil virtual reality guy. <laughs> no. Like this was very, very sub Beast Wars CG. Yeah. Virtual reality guy. This this might be a future uh, Patreon episode. Oh, thank you, Michael Ryan, for giving us that show. I mean, he didn't animate it. Well, no. Which was the main problem. Anyway. So uh, we, we open in the junkyard. Sideswipe has shirked his duty once again, and that leads Fixit to be smooshed under a bunch of uh, falling stasis pods. Oh, yes, oh, no. Fixit almost becomes Fix-a-Flat. <laughs> oh, remember, no. remember Fixit, the guy with two working limbs. Yes, the like Johnny Five looking guy. Yes. Not in well, any shape to be doing this. Wheels? wheels could be counted as limbs on Transformers. I mean, I guess. They don't yeah. give you a lot. It's hard to stack things. And also, he is the size of, like, Herbie from the Fantastic yeah, Well, Park. yeah, he, he is um, yes. minuscule. he is very small. He's a mini-con. He's literally a mini-con. Yes. So, but he says, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, Sideswipe begged this one off, but he, uh, uh, and he agreed to uh, clean the, el- he agreed to uh, do my elephant cage cleaning duties. <laughs> oh, Bumblebee. Cool. It's all oh, fix it. We don't have any elephants. And he he so, just so, sounds so like resigned. And then fix his all. So, so what have I been cleaning? <laughs> Which raises more questions than I care to uh, think about. Also, one of one of the things when he's trying to thank Bumblebee is he says many spanks. <laughs> yes, uh, more more fan baiting. Also. 
uh, Sideswipe says that he's damaged his stabilizer, which we will see shortly is absolutely not the case. He is, yes. He's having no trouble with his, his balance. Yep, he's just slacking off and listening to his headphones. Yeah, <laughs> and dancing. If you can call that dancing. Oh, and the head... How, how big are those headphones? I assume he made them himself. They kind of look like standard headphones. They even got like... Well, they're like old style, like they're fuzzy on the outside, on the mm. part that goes on your head. Mm-hmm. They could be standard headphones, but they're real stretched out and big. Maybe they put an extra band on them or something. Maybe. I mean, yeah, they probably just, he, he probably got some like old speakers or Denny probably got him some old speakers and just made a little housing thing. I guess this is probably too early for Denny to just have a 3D printer lying around, but I feel yes. like that would resolve a lot of these issues. As yeah, Bumblebee's all, hey, hey, what are you doing? Oh, oh, hey, I love this song. <laughs> you know, I, I love Earth music. They've got, uh, you know, complex lyrics and uh, sophisticated melties and sizes as well. Ah, uh, yeah, I like the parts where it goes oots, oots, oots. <laughs> He's a himbo. Anyway, he is. He, he absolutely is. is. Yes. And uh, speaking of dumb people, uh, Denny has a customer. <gasps> uh, specifically, a bunch of customers all wearing, uh, they all appear to be from the uh, the, the Water Buffalo Lodge. <laughs> well, they, well, they had the antlers, but they also had like a big fur part in the middle on their head, which these guys don't. I think that's... They, just, oh, okay. It's weird they that their that's antlers their are made of metal. I find that yes. strange. I mean, maybe that's part of the uh, the their religion, because they're also kind of wearing like a bunch of blue... They're all wearing matching clothing, which is ape A1 cult behavior. Yes, they are yeah. clearly some kind of weird cultists. Yeah. These guys are definitely going to... Uh, they're going to find all these guys in, like, a compound yeah. saying that they've all gone up to the Hale-Bopp Comet. There's absolutely going to oh, yeah. be some Kool-Aid involved. <laughs> ask, ask your parents, kids. Woof. Um. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the their ringleader is Arnold, uh, who is uh, voiced by uh, Troy Baker. Mm. And they all work for the Cospigo. Which, this feels like, is this a pun on something? Well, I think it's, you know, we he's kind of like the Wendigo, but we also don't want to co- uh, commit cultural appropriation, so we just made something up. It has... Oh, that is a good point. It does have an extremely, like, regional, like, I, I basically, in my notes, I was like, this is Duluth. I have decided that Crown City is now Duluth. But then yeah, I guess it's, when it's... they had that tanker, it was, like, in the, the ocean, and it wasn't in, like, one of the lakes, so I guess it's off Oregon. It's on the Oregon coast somewhere. Yeah, yeah this, this you know, this is, like, the skunk ape, or... Doesn't you know, it could l- be... It's l- very much Great Lakes-ish. It, 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 honestly, it could be around here, since I have local towns called Otsego, Owego, uh, Otigo. There, there's variations that end in ego. Right, but I feel like you don't have as many cryptids in that area that have names like that. I mean, this is a very, like, hodag kind of... Yeah, or a skunk ape. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you get... Well, skunk ape is south. Hodag is Mm. west. I guess Wendigo is more Pacific Northwest, so that would be... I'm gonna say this place is the same Oregon. 
it's just when to go until hit you hit the U.S. border. Then it then it becomes Cospigo. Oh, but now the the uh, the Cospigo is like an elk, but it walks on two legs and it has the strength of a thousand men. Yes, it definitely. This this absolutely sounds like a legit cryptid. As someone yes. who used to pick up copies of the Fordian Times when I worked at a bookstore, <laughs> very strong upper Midwest to Pacific Northwest cryptid feel. Good job. Not, not even that. It's got a little bit, well, it, we don't get much of the lore other than it's in the woods and it's big and it talks to you. It's like, there's Jersey Devil. We get cryptids on the East Coast, Yeah, too. but it doesn't have and that kind Jersey of Devil's name. Jersey Devil's really complex. No, not well, like yeah, Hodag. I just want to keep it, it, mentioning the Hodag. Look it up. <laughs> it's a thing. It is admittedly more of like a First Nations Native American name borrowed mm-hmm. without going with... Wait, is Wendigo even... A, oh, yeah, Wendigo is a First Nations word. Yes, it is. I forget what it actually means, other than it's like legends of going cannibal. Yeah, outside I was going to say, it's just something that... Like, go nuts. And then, and then fighting Wolverine. Yes. Fighting well, Wolverine is an important part of what they are known for. Actually, in a way, I'm kind of surprised that Marvel Wendigo is still called Wendigo. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that he's really appeared anywhere lately. No, I mean, the last time I remember was... Oh, what was it? Where, where the, like, all of Canada turned into Wendigos and they would turn back to people if they crossed <laughs> the border, literally... <laughs> was that was that an Alpha Flight comic or? Uh, I think that was an uh, that was an X Men book, I believe. Okay, but that that was like correct. three or four years ago. Uh, I think we're probably looking at like five years, Todd. Well, at least. I was gonna say that sounds. I don't know that there. There's definitely been a shift in things from things that are ridiculous. Oh, because they're wait. ridiculous and things that are ridiculous on purpose. And that sounds like we yeah. may be going over into the ridiculous on purpose territory. Yes. Oh, that may, that might have been older because well, I, I think, I think Wolverine was in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it, anyway it that was World War Wendigo, which was, how long ago was that? You're not giving me dates, wikis. Gee, thanks. <laughs> anyway, back to the episode. Yeah, so there, there is a very unsubtle visual gag there that made me laugh anyway, where as they're describing the, uh, the Cospigo, a cuckoo clock goes off behind, uh, <laughs> Denny and uh, Russell. I, I, I do like when they do stuff like that. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's got a long scroll of stuff that the Cospigo demands. And, and I forgot to ask for your input on this, uh, this ep- the, your, your judgment of this episode title, Jen. Uh, I would say this is, it's decent. It I definitely, like that it has an exclamation point in it. I like that it has an exclamation point, and I like that it, uh, it, it invites the viewer to continue on to see what the hell it's talking about. Yes. And I mean that in a good way. I think creating curiosity is, is a very <clears throat> important thing that doesn't get, like, pointed out and, and taught in writing enough. So you, you get like people doing world building and you don't want to stop and explain all of your terminology and all of your world building because you want to just see just enough that part of the suspense of continuing to read is to figure out what the heck that was that just got like some superstition that some character mentions. You want to keep reading to see what the deal is with that. So I think that this is a very good title in that sense that it definitely makes you want to write, to to continue reading 
or continue viewing the episode to see what the heck it's talking about. So, A+. Plus. But but it starts with an adverb. That bothers yeah. me. It's fine. I guess. So, yeah, they, they need a whole bunch of mechanical parts. A bunch of soldering, lead, nails, wire. Oh, and a big electrical generator. Yeah, all very normal. All very yes. normal cultist things. Yeah, yeah, definitely the thing that you need for your imaginary forest monster. Yes. Well, also, if you're going to starting a cult compound, you're going to need a big generator. I am I sort guess. of curious when they have this, their little, like, flashback to the Cuspigo demanding this or commanding this. He's in a forest fire. A, <laughs> what were they doing in this forest fire? B, is oh, this he... forest fire literal? Like, was this a thing that happened nearby? Like, oh, he, he just got done fighting uh, Laser Rod Optimus Prime. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, presumably the Cospigo caused the fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he caused it to, like, summon these people to him. I, I choose to believe that it's noted arsonist Laser Rod Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, burning down is the right of all sentient forests. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Or, I don't know. Were these firefighters? <laughs> I don't think these guys are quite sharp enough to fight any fires. No, I figured, well, because isn't it just the one guy, Arnold, that says he saw it and told everybody else? Yeah, I guess so it maybe was he one was just guy out camping or something. But I, I like the. It's a great visual of this horned thing in front of a forest fire, mm-hmm. dictating commands. But his accent <laughs> undercuts it, and I love oh, that. Ayo. Yes. Yeah. Wait, is Stallone from New York? No, he's from uh, Philadelphia, like Rocky. Oh, or oh right, yeah, that, that I think so. I don't know. It's it's like it's an accent that's so familiar because it's Jersey adjacent. But it's one that I can't entirely place because it doesn't sound like North Jersey or South Jersey. It doesn't sound like Philly. He's definitely not like those people from Philly. Intentionally trying to coerce, like convince these humans that he is some like he probably doesn't even know what a Cuspigo is. It's just they assume that's what he is because that's something that matches what he looks like. He just came along and saw these native life forms and was like, hey, go get me a generator. (laughs) He's not, like, trying to seem like this big, important, mysterious thing. He's just ordering them around. And the whole cult thing is not because he was like, I'm going to make them think that I'm the supernatural being. It's just that's how their poor brains dealt with them. Oh, okay, I guess the Stallones were born in New York, but lived in but it looks Philadelphia. like they grew up in Philly. Yeah, that that explains why I can't place the accent, because it's okay. both at the same time. Well, and also, he doesn't really sound like uh, Sylvester Stallone. No. Well, because uh, Stallone specifically, like, he was, um, like, there was an accident with forceps when he was being born. Yeah, it is. So like he sort of got, like, a something. bit of a speech uh, defect. And yet somehow his mother has adopted that speech impediment when she has nothing to do with that. No, 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 David, then, David, that, that, David, that was a movie. That was the that was the lady from the Golden Girls. That wasn't his real mother. <laughs> no, but like his. Mother I know it was also... in the title of the movie. I know it said "Stop or my mom will shoot," but she wasn't really his mom. She was an actress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> anyway, use. 
so so Bumblebee pretty quickly figures out, uh, yeah, they're trying to build like some sort of space bridge. So he uh, he he hint, he tells Russell, and Russell uh, cleverly hints uh, Denny, who's trying to make a sale here, that uh, oh yeah, no, we sold that generator to Mister Bumblebee. I yeah. I love the obvious lying. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So you sold it to a, a cartoon cereal mascot? Okay, then. We'll take off. <laughs> I mean... Mr. Bumblebee. Oh, I I have just formulated a theory. Because I was wondering, wait, how the hell does Thunderhoof know how to make a space bridge at all? Is he a space bridge engineer? And then my brain went back to the only other space bridge engineer we know intimately. And I was like, wait, okay, so Bulkhead was involved in construction... Uh, Thunderhoof is kind of a space mobster, which means he's in a legitimate businessman who works in construction. So construction oh, yeah. workers on Cybertron all know how to make space bridges and are possibly in the mob, <laughs> which, mean, well, which means I want Bulkhead to come back as like an ex-mobster in the well, new series. you're going to get one of those things in this series, but... He's not going to be a monster. I mean, also, I would like to point out that clearly Thunderhoof does not actually know how to build a space bridge, as we will get to. <clears throat> yes. Well, he, he kind of knows how to build a space he bridge. He knows enough. Like, he knows more than a mobster knows how to build a car. Your average mobster. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm an, I, I got my hands in all sorts of robot pies. I'm in construction. I do some waste disposal. I do some interstellar transport. Uh. so anyway these guys take off with their uh, with their stuff strong arm comes back and oh yeah and denny says or arnold says oh well it's too bad uh you don't generate because the only play other place we get one is by stealing one from the dam <laughs> <laughs> but then they're also like we can't steal one from the dam Anyway, so they take off their stuff. Stronger comes back, and she has found a doodad in the Alcamore crash site, a Decepticon hunter. <gasps> I feel like there is a lot to be examined in this series about the criminalization of an entire faction by the people in power, <laughs> but I'm just yeah. going to leave it on the table. Well, I guess we do know that it's not so much... I mean, I don't think we're doing... You know, Autobot and Decepticon are biological things here. It's like, it's like uh, you know, criminalizing I don't know the Klan or uh, or the Nazis or something. I guess, except they're not doing anything like that. It's basically saying, okay, these guys engage in a lot of crime, so well, well but the, we're the, going the, to the assume they're all is... criminals. Just well, Decepticons do tend to be. It, it's not like it's saying it, it's like a. A buffalo-drawn hunter. Right. It's a Decepticon hunter. I'm, I'm just saying that maybe if the Decepticons had more legitimate opportunities, then their community wouldn't be in this condition <laughs> and they wouldn't have to criminalize them. Hey, uh, Thutterhoof's a legitimate businessman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. He sure is. Anyway, this Decepticon hunter is like, it's kind of like a Green Lantern ring. So it, it responds to your thoughts and becomes well, any kind of weapon within limits. It, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's Green Lantern, like they're shaping anything. It, it transforms into a variety of weapons based from a base form. Although mm. I swear there has to be a better example in science fiction of what it does, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah. 
So Strong mm. Arm uh, tries to make it turn into a proto blaster, and instead makes it into a bunch of weapons, all of which destroy Denny's valuable a- antique uh, refrigerators. Vintage <laughs> refrigerators. All of them seem way cooler than whatever blaster she's trying to get because one of them's like a very fancy sword and there's like a flail. They're all melee weapons. Yes. They're they're all various things that random Gundams have swung around. Yes. yes. Also, the sword is very star sabery and I really liked it. Also, yeah, I, I was kind of like, haha, Denny and his vintage refrigerators. And then I remembered how excited I was about my old CRT television I've been found on a curb and been messing around with lately. And I realized I am Denny. Vintage refrigerators are really nice. Probably not that energy efficient, but they look cool. I used to have one in a basement. These weren't even that retro. These looked like maybe 80s. Ah, I say maybe seventies. They're more rounded than a lot of the eighties ones. Yeah. Plus, I feel if one, these were from the seventies, one of these would be like avocado green. Yeah. Well, one of them was like a pastel pink. There was a lime green, I think. That I feel is more like kind of a fifties thing. I don't know, but the fifties ones tend to be more round with chrome and shorter. Yeah. This yeah. was def. These were definitely like square. Yeah. But also, yeah. vintage refrigerators is kind of silly. But also, I spent my birthday going to flea markets. Mm-hmm. So I can't talk. So anyway, they, they put all their heads together. They figure out that the Cospigo is the Decepticon crime boss, Thunderhoof, yes, on account ba- of him having antlers. <laughs> yes, yeah, they basically are like, okay, let's see whose silhouette has some antlers. There we go. That's our guy. Which, again, profiling. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally his profile. Yeah. It it kind of does feel like that comes up too early in the episode because they're just given... They, they are, aren't really given much of a definition at all from these random cultists other than they're wearing antlers. I mean, to be fair, the antlers are absolutely like a upper Midwest, Pacific Northwest. Like a... Oh, what's the, the rabbit? Uh, the jackalope. 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 That's a very, like, upper Midwest, Pacific Northwest cryptid thing to have big mm. antlers. So that's I entirely thought, fair. I jackalope was more like an Oklahoma thing. Yeah, I think it's sort of like a Southwest kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he's trying to build a space bridge, but there's a good chance that since he is not uh, bulkhead, he will totally beef it and the entire Earth will be destroyed. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, to which Grimlock says, which would be bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> There, there's just this pause as they all let this sink in, and then Grimlock's like, which would be bad. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Grimlock. Thank and, you. Oh, okay, and get your beverages ready, because it is time for another Bumblebee attempted catchphrase. Hey. At this point, Sideswipe and Strongarm are even like aware that this is happening. Strongarm? And like, oh, here comes another one. And she says, no, 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 no. He's going to get it this time. Strongarm believes in him. <laughs> But she is wrong to because it's let's rev rock and rumble. <laughs> yes, yeah, which her, it, her faith is misplaced. It's not horrible, but it's not great. It's this is the third one officially. We are up to a count. It is still going, and uh, apparently, like horned rabbits have been a thing for centuries. Like there's a Bavarian medieval one called the Whooper Tinger. 
<gasps> well, what they're probably seeing that's is the like the one that's in the World of Warcraft Brewfest. <laughs> yes, which is currently going on right now. Uh, <laughs> what they're probably seeing is uh, rabbits with like that horrible disease that they tried to give them all in Australia. What? Mixomatosis or something? It causes like weird growths on their head. Oh. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's possible, but also, eh. Yes. So, yeah, they uh, they, they head out to the generator. So uh, Grimlock and Sideswipe are left behind to guard it, and Bumblebee and Strongarm are going to go look for Thunderhoof. But unfortunately, once again, Sideswipe ditches work, uh, goes to listen to music, and then... He's dancing uh, again. He's doing that same dance. Yeah, dance. He's just shaking his his little stupid skinny himbo hips. Terrible (laughs) dance. Also, I really appreciate that as a as a franchise, the tradition of Autobot himbos dates all the way back to 1986. Well, I guess you can make a uh, argument for Sunstreaker or um, Sideswipe. Original Sideswipe. The original Sideswipe being himbos, but they barely had characters. So yeah, you don't really get it till. Rodimus comes when around officially. When they did show up, they were, yeah, they definitely had very strong himbo energy with yeah. Sunstreaker complaining about his finish getting messed up and Sideswipe and then, telling him to only make left turns so no one would see it. And then, of course, I think uh, Beast Wars has Silverbolt, one of the franchise's best himbos. Yes! Yeah. Yes. Like, there are arguments we made for Cheetor, but I feel that... Uh, Silverbolt is himbo in its purest form. Yes. Well, the problem is, like, first few seasons, Cheetor, he's more of just a teenager, so he doesn't fully go into himbo. Yeah. You could, maybe by Beast Machines, but then he's, he's, like, switched to leader mode, so it kind of doesn't work. Yeah, I think he's too smart by Beast Machines. Yeah. Like, maybe third season Beast Wars, he could be a himbo. No, and then, then I he think, gets ugly. There's also that design, so no. Yeah, he's kind of like, he's too gnarly. He's, he's more like rad. <laughs> no. Totally radical. Anyway. anyway. So uh, so whilst they are doing this, uh, Grimlock totally gets his clock cleaned, and the generator is stolen. And they hear about it over the radio as, as Bumblebee catches yes. up with Sideswipe. He's like, Sideswipe, you left Grimlock alone. He's like, eh, he'll be fine. And then Grimlock comes up over the radio. It's <laughs> like, I'm not fine. I mean, he doesn't literally say that, but... Who are you? Why up. are you hitting me? What What is it you're stabbing? Is it my torso? <laughs> it is! My, my precious, precious torso! torso. So they they get to him. He's been clobbered. The generator's gone. He's like, "Hey, uh, you know the feeling when somebody throws you through a mountain." To which Strongarm says, "No," and Bumblebee says, "Yes." yes I like that, how which, which made me laugh. Yes, is that too. is my favorite exchange, baby, in this entire show so far. It's really good. It's like what? No. So, yes. <laughs> but no, Grimlock's gonna head back to base. He's just gonna flap his arms. <laughs> he tries so hard. And and Bumblebee has this great oh oh. oh yeah, you can't fly, pal. <laughs> it, it's like just the the delivery is just it's perfect. It's really good. Yeah, I I don't know what it is because like there's a lot of comedy in the series from most of the characters, and it doesn't work all the time. But for some reason, it always works with Grimlock. 
I, I guess it, maybe it's just because he's a dinosaur 90% of the time. Yeah, I think he is an inherently hilarious dinosaur. And it's funnier with a giant Muppet mouth and little tiny flappy arms. A plus arms. Carrie Payton and Will Friedel. Well, yeah, the voice acting does great. It's like good voice acting, good animation, just give it to the dinosaur. It, it works every time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Strongarm is going to have to take him back. And uh, Sideswipe is going to have to stay with Bumblebee and solve this whole thing. And, of course, neither Strongarm nor Sideswipe are happy with this. No. But Bumblebee explains, hey, you know, Sideswipe, you screwed up badly, and you got to fix it now. You have shown you cannot be trusted. That's right. You're just going to leave Grimlock in a ditch somewhere. Trying to fly home. <laughs> it's like, since which, which when is, can't is, I fly? The, the Sideswipe dynamic, I see what they're going for, but it doesn't quite land in that he's insubordinate and kind of useless. But then why is he bothering to even go out on any missions? Shouldn't he just be like, fuck it, I'm staying in base or I'm driving around town? It, I mean, he's kind of got to show everybody that he's a badass, though. Yeah, he's got to show everybody Does how cool he, he is. <laughs> he thinks so. I guess, but then he's like, especially in this episode, he, he just doesn't care and that Kind of does. I think it would be more interesting if, for like half the season, like there was just an Autobot who wanted nothing to do with anything and didn't participate at all. That sounds admittedly that would really lower the team and mess off the dynamic. But but, uh, sideswipe. I I don't like him. He's he's constantly. Ah, why? Why you? Why do this? Why are you such a stupid teenager? because they had to have a red car. Yeah. They had to have the himbo. Can't have a Transformer series without an Autobot himbo. Yeah, plus, I mean, he's got, uh, he's kind of got to show up strong arm as well, and he can't do that if he's just slacking off. It's true. Yeah. That's also important. The problem is I like strong arm. <laughs> well, anyway, so they, they find this janky ass space bridge that is being built by these, uh, these antler doofs. <laughs> So many so human models. Yes. Yeah. Once again. And so they can't just, they can't just, you know, start a fight with uh, Thunderhoof in the middle of this. So they've got to scare him off. It's time to get creative. <laughs> yes. They're, they're in disguise again. They're robots in yeah. disguise again. I feel that this is, you know, it's, it's not just Denny and uh, Russell who love, uh, disguises. It's everybody on this show. Yeah, it's, they definitely, they're having fun. This is our second Sideswipe disguise. Yes! But it's basically the same as the last one. No, because this one has a bunch of tree branches stuck to yeah, it. Yeah, this time he's a druid. Was it, wasn't he using, wasn't he using a bit of, a bunch of planks last time or something? He was using planks, but this yes. is, uh. Those are, that's variation. processed wood. That's very different. Yes. Okay. So they they are the the legendary cryptids Side Swingo <laughs> and Bombigo. Yes. And Side and Sideswipe is really uh doing like a, a scary monster voice. Yes. And Bumblebee is not. No. <laughs> yeah, Bumblebee's not with this plan, but he's going along with it. He's so, uh, taking part, but he's not fully on board. And and Darren Chris's monster voice is very funny. It's very good. <laughs> So, you know, they they have to they smash a, they smash a tree to prove that they mean business, and that the humans flee. <laughs> Why do legendary creatures hate trees so much? 
Oh yeah, that's a running gag, kind of. Because well, when Thunderhoof was threatening them, he like broke a tree in half, mm. and yes, yes, they break. A and also, he burned down a bunch of them. Yes. It's like, why do legendary creatures hate trees so much? You know why do uh, why why do giant antler guys ap- suddenly appear when you're near? <laughs> anyway, so so the Autobots get there and they've got to deal with Thunderhoof, who, uh, who we see his alt mode here, and he does turn into a tractor. Yes, which I think is kind of like a a John Deere pun. <laughs> Probably, presumably that that's why he does. But he turns into a blue one, and John Deere is usually just green. They're um. Well, Still, I mean, there, you can't. Uh... There is one that's blue, but I can't remember. I, there are so many brands that are specific colors. I've seen a purple tractor one time, and I Ooh. cannot remember what the hell manufacturer it was, or I would try to get one. Also, appropriately, in in most of the filthy art of him and Steeljaw, he is the one doing the plowing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, these locking horns, it's, it's a whole thing. But um, I have a massive complaint about the tractor design. Oh, no. Okay. It's a good tractor, but the problem is, like, he's got those antlers, which is basically a rake for the tractor. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's on the front of the tractor in, in the animation model and all the toy models. That's not where you oh, put a like- rake on a tractor. Is this like me and the drill tanks? Is this like your version yes. of of my hatred of drill tanks? Well, it, it's entirely my father's fault because he grew up on a farm riding tractors, loves mowing the lawn on tractors, and he worked at a machine shop repairing tractors for years. That's fair. No one in my family ever had direct contact with drill tanks. But, like, the, the kind of rake he has would be on the back of a tractor to just, like, sort of... Well, just basically hoe up dirt or, or even <laughs> out rocks and pebbles uh, like a pebble, stone driveway. You'd use that to even it up. Right. But there are rake-like things you would have on the front of a tractor, but they're on like, um, no, not a backhoe, the, the lift thing. Like it would ha- be a claw to lift up things, mm-hmm. not just a rake on the front. Mm-hmm. Like they're... Technically, there are rake-like things on the front of some tractors, but those are usually big rotating blades with lots of tines on them, not a rake. Maybe rake. this is the kind of, so of tractor that they use on Cybertron. Hey, but it, <laughs> For all of their weeks. Which is the thing, like, we don't, I don't, it's, it's probably a long time before we see any Decepticon scan in all of mode. Mm-hmm. But unlike uh, Underbite and, and, well, I guess maybe the sub guy had scanned one. But this this time it's definitely an Earth-looking tractor with a rake yeah. on the wrong end. <laughs> well, you know, that that's just so he could be menacing. Yes. You know, yeah, hit well, with the, his rake. Well, no, it's the thing. You could just have his toy have the rake head on the other end. Like, the toy is okay for the, that line. It's kind of one of the yeah, early I think that, ones. Yeah, it's a pretty good toy. It's decent, but you could do the transformation if the rake was on the back end really easy because his arms fold in such a strange way. But that's not as fun when you're a little kid. You have a tractor toy. You want to push things around. You don't want to, yeah. like, plow. You could back into that's things when you're with older. a sharp rake. Uh, it's like how Michael Bay had, uh, you know, that truck that... Um... Bone crusher. Bone crusher turns into it. Like it, it normally has like a dinky little fork thing. Yeah. On its arm, and Michael Bay was all, "No, no, no, no! I'm Michael Bay. 
So we'll put like a gigantic uh, Freddy Krueger claw on the t- on the front of this. It's like yeah, how I, I Michael mean, Bay does anything ever. The rake on Thunderhoof is bigger than you usually have. Usually it would be like more of a half circle curve instead of sharp tines. I forgive that part, but it's on the wrong end. <laughs> and it, it, it it's annoyed me since I first saw this episode. Well, welcome to how I feel about drill tanks. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, they, yeah, Thunderhoof shows up and he's like, hey, oh, what are you mooks doing here? He is. He is exactly like that. It's great. And they're like, hey, uh, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're cops. We're, we're here to arrest you. It's like, oh, hey, if you're a bunch of cops, you're probably on my payroll. I got half of the cops on Cybertron working for me. <laughs> All Which, cops are like, a barricade. <laughs> like, I'd say that's the kind of story I want to see, but that's. Almost the story that's going on in the current Transformers comic ongoing, without it actually working very well. And we don't actually want to see it. <laughs> and it's going to kind of come into play, sort of, towards the very end of the series. Ha! I didn't know Prowl showed up. I, well, no, see, Prowl isn't corrupt, he's just a dick. Ah, that's mm. fair. That's true. I mean, he he might like take bribes, but he'd actually be thinking, "Oh, I'm going to take these bribes." But I'm actually going to come up with a gigantic, elaborate plot to destroy this gangster. Yes, mm. and then and just then he, take it, his it, money because it's because yes. he's not going to say no to some money. So he's like, "Oh, all right then." So I, if you're cops, you're going to take a payoff. I'm going to let you hitch a ride with me to Cybertron and leave this mud ball. And they're like, that would be fine, except your space bridge isn't going to work. You don't know how to make but, a space bridge. Well, except Sideswipe is all, uh, maybe you should hear him out. Yeah. And indeed, he does the uh, he does the fake betrayal. <gasps> and he doesn't <gasps> telegraph it. Yes. Like Mr. Bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> well, it helped that those guys were extremely stupid. Yes. That's fair. And also, uh, we see here that uh, Thunderhoof has, like, a superpower where he can do, like, a big thunder stomp. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just, like, he can, like, ca- they're kind of like cartoon rumble-style earthquakes. Well, yeah, and by well, earthquake, I mean a giant crack forms in the ground. You know. Because that's what an earthquake is, right? That's how it happens, yeah. right? That's, the, well, like, that's how you show it in a cartoon. Yes. But, like, he has actual hooves. Yes. Well, he's Thunderhoof. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he, tur- he turns on this space bridge. It uh, it starts turning weird colors and just sucking stuff in, which is not what you want your space bridge to do. No, it it does not appear to be working normally. Yeah, but this it, it goes fr- it goes from fell to void. Yes, this did remind me though that it's in the G one episode "Transport to Oblivion" that they use Bumblebee <laughs> as their test subject for the space bridge. All right, and that's also the one where it it like sucks up a bunch of rocks and stuff, but you never see those rocks like on cyber on uh, Shockwave's lawn or anything. Well, no, that's yeah. the problem is they don't come oh. out properly on the other end because it's not yeah. calibrated properly. So that's why they end up having to send a test subject. Mm-hmm. Also, it's got a lot of really ugly animation errors, which is unfortunate. Yes, this one not so much. This looks pretty cool. Yes, this is what? good stuff. It's harder to have a discolored Transformer 
like an orange uh, Constructicon on Cybertron when you all have a limited number of models. You're not well, yes. them oh. and miscoloring yes, uh. them. Although that would be really neat to have, oh, to do a modern CG show and try and have animation errors like G1 that that would that would be tricky see, I, the, the I'd like to see someone try errors that. that I'm thinking about in transport to oblivion were like cell like not coloring so much as like missing cells and cells being layered wrong and ah uh, yeah so this time it is not bumblebee who is being thrown into the space bridge to test it Fortunately, no, it, it is science. I, mean, I like how he gives him kind of this little head smack. Yes, like like like, like a very Italian grandmother. Like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know if that's Italian or that's just a Jersey thing or a Philadelphia <laughs> thing or a New York thing. It's, it's all sort of bled together. It, it, yes. it, it, it's a gentle, loving smack on the back of the head. <laughs> Get your attention. Try to encourage you. Hey, and to hit you. Hey, what's the matter with you? Why? I mean what I says. Hey, yo. Yeah, there's a lot of A-O in this. Yes, there is. Uh, Th- Thunderhoof is just a delight. He is. He's great. Yeah. But he, he gets hit with his Decepticon Hunter, gets uh, knocked into the uh, onto the threshold of this black hole, and then Bumblebee just hits him with a bunch of girders, which suck him right into it. Which seems like murder. Kind of. Well, I mean, you know, it turns out not to be, but it's definitely attempted murder. Yeah, come on. But I mean, also, you can't exactly safely arrest him when he is on the verge of being sucked into the interdimensional void. I guess that's fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, as we've seen in Prime, like any time there, there's a wonky uh, space bridge, somebody's going to go into an alternate dimension, yeah, get he's trapped just, he... in time, or... Yeah, he's just gonna end up in the shadow zone. He'll be fine. He's gonna go hang out with Zombie Skyquake and, uh, I guess Soundwave. <laughs> yes. And Starstream's arm. <laughs> Stay tuned for that one. <gasps> arm. I didn't see that when it aired, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Neither did I. I got the toy, but I never saw the episode. Anyway, so the, the, the black hole is starting to implode, so they figure that the opposite of an explosion is an, or the opposite of an implosion is an explosion. I'm not sure exactly if this works, but uh, they they toss the generator in, there is a cool implosion and then an explosion and then everything's gone. Also, it kind of seems like sending the thing, like throwing the thing's own power supply at it should yes. probably at least yeah, shut it off. Yeah, it should off. turn it off anyway. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, they're all, oh, oh the day is saved. Uh, where's Thunderhoof? Nah. Oh well, not our problem. He was a Decepticon. Nope. Yep. Uh, but in fact, we cut to him, and it turns out he he rematerialized like five miles away. Yes, he's. I think he might even be in the same forest. Not terribly mm. thrilled at still being on gross old Earth, but okay. Yeah, and he's like, oh hey, well maybe I'll set up my uh, my new criminal empire here. And then suddenly, surprise Wolfman. He's like, criminal <laughs> empire, you say? Yes, Wolfman Jack sneaks up on him and says, you want to remain free, you stay with me. Sorry, I can't do a Wolfman Jack voice. I'm, that would hurt my voice way too much. I'm pretty Jack. sure the moment uh, the end of this episode aired, like, half a dozen dirty artworks went up on Tumblr. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I forgot, like, their first interaction was this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's inherently sexy or if it's just sexy because it's Steeljaw. I think it's because it's Steeljaw. Well, mostly it's, it's Steeljaw, yes. Basically, the moment Steeljaw makes a friend. Like, he, he comes out of the shadows and he says a smooth line that rhymes. Yes. And puts his hand gently on this large, <laughs> raked man. Yes. Robot man. Uh, so yeah, he, he slashes his Decepticon symbol because we know that is a tracker. Yes. He doesn't explain that yet, but I guess no. It, the the viewer does not need to hear that. We know already. Well, no, did mm. no, didn't they mention it in his first episode? Uh, they mentioned. They just don't mention it in this one. Yeah. No, I mean he doesn't explain to him. That's why he just scratched him up. He he thinks that's just poor play. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then, meanwhile, uh, Arnold and his uh, his pals have glued a bunch of sticks to themselves now, and they're they're searching the forest for Side Swingo and Bumpy Go. <laughs> yes. These guys, they need an adult. Uh, so yeah, that is as the Cuspigo commands. Uh, I like this one an awful lot. It's good. Mm. I think I think Thunderhoof is very fun. I think the Autobot plot is is very amusing. There's some great Grimlock gags in this. Yes. Yeah. It's good. I'm annoyed by the sideswipe stuff, but overall the episode is real good. Mm. I think it's just an overall very good, very solid episode. We even get a little steel jaw at the end. It's, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's got a good title. I like it. Yeah. I would recommend it. So I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusetsu Corner. This week on Kuku Sentai Go Go 5, Wedding Bells. Well, wedding bells are ringing. As, um, oh, this, I remember in one of the early episodes talking about this, I was afraid of what was going to happen because I knew there was an episode kind of like this in some series. Oh, no. And it's this series. There, There's... An entanglement, the Pink Ranger hugs a doctor who shows up, and then through a series of stupid confusions, the other rangers think that she's going to marry that doctor, but she's not. The doctor is going to propose with a ring to one of her previous nurse friends instead of her, but the Red Ranger got confused. So basically... The other rangers are annoyed and kind of jealous that her their sister is going is going out with and going to get married to this guy and and things escalate from there. They wear sunglasses, they stalk him, they assault him because they see him showing the ring off to another woman who ends up to be oh the nurse he's actually going to marry. Do they wear uh, a hat and trench coats? No, it, it's just sunglasses. They don't wear hat and trench coat in this episode. But- I would guess that happens in some future Maybe episode. that's just an American <laughs> thing. Yeah, but but they're driving around in their red van, like slowly following this guy as he's walking away down the highway. So they're stalking the him. Side of the highway. Yes, they're literally stalking him, and then they assault him after they see him presenting the ring to another woman because they think he's like a marriage con man or something. It, oh, it's so annoying. So they think I he's catfishing. It. 
Yeah, I, but they wouldn't have noticed that if they hadn't been stalking him, if they hadn't been confused, because Red Ranger was eavesdropping on his little sister while she was talking to a guy, because they're jealous, stupid, idiot men. Oh. This all sounds <sighs> like what I classify as hetero bullshit. Yes, it's so much <laughs> hetero bullshit. a bunch bullshit. of hetero it's... bullshit. And the annoying part is... It turns out, oh, she actually did have a crush on this doctor, but because her friend liked him more and, and he got along with the nurse, like, oh, she's happy for them, but she was a little sad. That's like, oh, I liked him first. That adds annoyance on top of the episode. Oh, the monster stuff is good. The monster <laughs> of the week. Oh, what is it called? This is why oh, I used to just tune in for the last 10 minutes of Power Rangers. Yes. Uh, card beast Godai, who's basically a beholder with legs and arms. That just sounds like Mike Wazowski from uh, Monsters, Inc. (laughs) Yes. Did he sound like Billy Crystal? No, that would have made it better. I forget what his voice even was. But but imagine like a seven-foot-tall purple Mike with extra little eyes on his muscly body. Well, oh, oh, um... Imagine a brundle fly, only it's a brundle beholder. Ew. That's kind of what I was thinking of. It's a really neat design. And, and the the point is, forgetting about the stupid ranger plot, uh, Dinas and Kobolda are trying to pull their brother Zilfies out of a dark dimension, you know, out of death. Because he's dead. Oh, is, using... this, is this like a home for infinite losers situation? Oh, uh, you beat me too. Kind of, sort of. Like, they were... Capturing humans in cards to use their souls to open a gateway to bring their brother back from the land of hell or whatever. Ow. So it shows that Kobold, Kobolda and Dinas, like, care enough for their brother that they want him back. Which kind of goes against, like, the the general bad guy thing. It's like those siblings kind of bicker and fight while the rangers are working together. Except in this episode, where the rangers are just being jerks about their little sister having a date and maybe getting married that they didn't know about. It's like, uh, uh. Like, the monster stuff is good, but all the wedding shit is like, oh, I was afraid of this episode was gonna happen, and it did, and it's actually worse than I was afraid, because it's all wedding stuff. And, and they beat up the guy! Oh, and they kidnap him and stuff him in the back of their car while he was proposing to the woman, and, and the end episode ends with a marriage. They actually do get married, and, and there, there's a white guy who's the preacher, which is kind of weird. It's like, wait, why is there a guy in here? Okay, huh. sure. <laughs> Just, All right. Well, if it, I guess, is it a Christian wedding? Yeah, it, it, they were they were in an actual Christian church. There you go. Oh, there, there, at the beginning of the episode, there was even with the same preacher, like the brothers were having a daydream about their sister getting married to this doctor. You and it, it, it's like weird. Uh, it's a whole mess of things that I did not really enjoy. Ah. <laughs> uh, and, and, like, the message at the end of the episode is the Pink Ranger basically going, I can't get married because my brothers are useless. <laughs> but then at the end of the episode at the wedding, like, they're also saying, oh, no, she should get married in a Christian church. No, she should get married at a shrine. No, she should get married at our high-tech science base. Oh, I want that. No, let's do all three. It's like she's not even dating anyone, you morons. <laughs> I want to do the uh. high-tech science base wedding. Well, yeah, but it's full of trains, and you got your weird dad. That just, okay, maybe not the dad. Mint-flavored robot. I want robots at my wedding. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) 
But yeah, it, it's um didn't like this episode. Not womp funny. womp. Not all of them can be great, but this should have had Ligma. Oh, really, should have had yeah the Beast Ligma. I miss Ligma. <laughs> he was the best. Yeah, the best Dane monster. Yes. So far. All right. So that does it for uh, for this week. We'll be back next week with more robotic action. Until then, you can find us all over there. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for September, our special episode, uh, we are discussing Pride of the X-Men. Say yes. It's a really long episode. Oh, I, I should have mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Sorry, there was no episode last week. Yeah, I had to Shit get hap- like extensive dental work, and David yeah, there, had there a bunch of stuff going on. And... Planning around that, I was just tired and, and busy. And when I wasn't busy, I was trying to draw, editing a Patreon episode, which took five <laughs> days because I, I was just being slow about that. And uh, there's new new uh, VTubers, but they're in English, so I don't have to wait for subtitles. What? Also, a few of them can really draw, so I was mostly watching those streams. <laughs> I like drawing streams. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I have many opinions on Australian Wolverine. Yeah. 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 I have uh, many opinions on characters who aren't even in the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of... It's the longest episode we've done in a while. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we're not we're not going to go see New Mutants, so we need to have some excuse to just discuss X-Men at length. So yeah. this was our excuse to discuss X-Men at length, including some talk about the current comics, some talk about older comics, some talk about... Talk about the movie that we can't watch yet. Chris Horney yeah. on Maine Claremont. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it was a really good episode, and it's definitely worth at least a dollar a month. Yes. So uh, until next week, when we and Hasbro want you to collect them all, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And now I oh now I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the Team Rocket thing blasting off at the speed of light. Whatever. Surrender now or prepare to fight. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was trying to remember the the evil part in the middle, and it just oh. was not coming. Uh, to uh, to 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 denounce the evils of truth and love, to extend our reach to the stars above. Ah, that's it. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, yeah, I'm David. Bye. Okay. Oh, this cat is on me, and he's fat, and he needs to get up for a second so I can stop 